I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's me, it's me, it's the D-O-double-G, the road dog, Jesse James, and by my side, as always, is that B-A-double-D-A-double crooked letter, badass, Billy Gunn, together we are the New Age Outlaws, and you're listening to the VOC Nation, and if you ain't down with that, he's got two words for you, suck it. VOC Nation provides live daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with the hosts and guests by phone call, email, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts include the legendary Ken Resnick, who you probably remember from the AWA and WWE, former WCW performer The Maestro, Wes Briscoe, who you probably remember from Impact, Brady Hicks, who you remember from Pro Wrestling Illustrated, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, and former Philly radio personality Bruce Wirt. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling with History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirt, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern, and, of course, In the Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. And, by the way, both of these shows take callers live during the show. What are you waiting for? Go listen live right now at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all of our podcasts by searching for VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Oh, and follow them on Twitter, too, at VOCNation. What are problems? I'm your host, King David Lane. This is King David Lane on just about every social media platform, so give me a like follow phone request, and I will most likely give you one in return. We're here to talk, what else but wrestling. Uh, first, let me get some shameless self-promotion out of the way real quick. So when I do that, get the hot shirt. That's right, Wrestling with Problem shirt, it is available. That's right, you can get yours. Just go to Pro Wrestling Tees, and you can get your shirt. Be like me. Oh, well, you know, a little bit like me. You, you won't be the king. But you can be close enough. You can be a reasonable facsimile if you buy a shirt. Anyway, got a lot of fun things to talk about this week. This has been an interesting week on the wrestling front. So we're going to talk some interesting wrestling stuff. Uh, where to begin? Where to begin? I guess we'll start with the biggest story from this past week. We had the big show, a.k.a. Paul White, also formerly the Giant, who is signed with AEW. That wasn't even a rumor I was hearing. That was nothing that I had been hearing. It was nothing I was aware of. I was actually kind of shocked and surprised by this. Uh, it kind of makes sense once you actually hear that uh, he was not happy with how his contract negotiations were going early this year. So, you know, you got I think WWE might be forgetting. Right now they get some big money competition, you know, down south. Again, on TNT, again. So I guess it's we just sort of uh, going back from once we came. Now we got Sting on TNT. We got the former giant, now the big show. Then the, uh, I mean, former giant, former big show. Uh, now Paul White on AEW on TNT. This makes me wonder, uh, with the NW, is this like just like a backdoor NWO invasion? They're already doing the two sweetie. They always got the Bullet Club, which is the, uh, I guess you'd say the uh, logical sort of uh, descendants of the NWO. <laughs> You've got the forbidden door open. So is this just like <laughs> another way for that invasion to happen? Or is this like a, will they do an angle where this is just this is spy? There's a lot of different possibilities to go with this, but he's also, he's not just going to be a wrestler. He's going to be a commentator as well. So, uh, I guess it's an interesting, uh, little wrinkle to this whole deal. But at any rate, uh, I am, you know, looking forward to seeing what he does. Obviously, he's going to be a part-time wrestler, not a full-time wrestler. He has a lot to offer, I guess, as far as the locker room as well as just the, uh, just the uh, whole situation. So, uh, at any rate, uh, look forward to seeing what he's going to do. Yeah, so the big show, uh, 
49 years old. He had been with uh, WWE since 99, so that's a nice long run. 22 years, a nice long run with pretty much any job. So uh, he had a good run, made some pretty good money. But, you know, the money, I guess, was a little bit more right than AEW right now. So, uh, like I said, WWE might forget that they got, like, some big money competition. So maybe they tried to lowball him. He's like, no, nah, I ain't going to be lowball. I'm going to try to go get this big money. But anyway, he's going to be a commentator for AEW's new show, AEW Dark Elevation, which is going to be a Monday night show for them. Uh, so uh, looking forward to seeing not only how he does on the commentary, because I, I, he's not really a guy I thought about that I really want to see on commentary, but I'm, I'm curious now to see what he'll do on it. And again, he is going to wrestle, and then also since Shaq is wrestling now, he's always talked about wanting to wrestle Shaq, so uh, Shaq wrestling for AEW this coming Wednesday, so I'm guessing this is something we'll probably see at some point in the next year. So, uh, at any rate, very, 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 very exciting news for him. We'll just kind of have to see where that goes. Uh, but, uh, he did tweet out incredibly excited. I don't know why he put incredibly excited with estimation points and question marks, though. That's kind of weird. Obviously, you should be estimation points if you're excited. But anyway, joining the show now is a good friend of the show and third fan in the booth a lot of the time. So he's the second man in the booth right now. Uh, Chris Best is missing in action. Uh, please welcome to the show at Brock Bezza on Twitter. Again, it's at B-R-O-C-A-B-Z-A on Twitter. Brian Hunter. Brian, how's it going? How's it going, King? How's it going, Wrestling Problem Nation? I can only assume, since the audience can't talk, that it's going well for them or it's going bad. They just didn't say anything. But I'm, I'm going to go with the positive side and say that things are going well for them. Uh, what are your thoughts on the big show slash Paul White slash the Giants signing with AEW? Um, I'm, I'm taking that stance as a, well, let's just wait and see what's going on with that. Um, it, um, it, it seems like that, um, AEW is, um, I hope they don't do what WCW had, had, I mean, had, um, did just, um, by, um, up, um, big names from, um, WWE and hoping to, um, Catch lightning in the bottle and, and the MA start running up fire. I hope that doesn't happen in AEW. I, I like AEW just because they had different people. You, you know, they had a young bug. They had, um, a Darby Allen. They had, um, a, actually, um, um, many other, um, great talents, um, like, uh, Jungle Boy. And people actually underrate Jungle Boy, but Jungle Boy is actually um pretty good. Him and um, Lucha Source. I'm just not a big fan of Marshall Stunt. And you share that opinion with a lot of internet, apparently, because I've, I've seen it a lot. I like Marco's stuff, but you know, I like from what he is. I don't see him. I don't see any World Heavyweight Title pictures in the future, but I like from what he is. He's a little funny dude, so I do actually do enjoy Marco. So we'll have to disagree on that one a little bit. But, yeah, you do raise that great point. You know, hopefully they won't make the mistake that WWE's making, you know, bringing back guys like, you know, part-time guys that are old, especially, like I said, it's better than Brock Lesnar, who's not that old. He's still prime or at least close to prime age because, you know, in wrestling, your prime is probably your mid-30s to your mid-40s. But uh, Goldberg guys and guys in his 50s and stuff that are, like, really can't do anything anymore, you know, they can't have a match longer than two or three minutes, putting those guys in the main event. Because I don't, I don't think the problem is, is as much with those guys being back. I think if they used them in a role where they were in the mid card, they would help elevate young guys or something like that, that wouldn't be a problem. The problem is they don't do that. They put them in the main event, especially events like WrestleMania, as opposed to guys that can actually work and actually have decent, you know, exciting matches, you know. I don't think AEW would make that mistake. Uh, there's only a couple examples we got to go by, and those haven't even really happened yet. We got obviously we got the uh, Paul White signing. He hasn't had a match for them yet, so we don't know how they're going to use him. Uh, they had the Sting uh, matches that's coming up. We'll see how that works out. He has been cleared to wrestle, so he's going to wrestle. I think putting him in a tag match is a smart decision as opposed to having to wrestle singles match. There's no excuse for a tag match for you not to be able to, you know, have a nice, decent length match. Now, obviously, his partner, Darby Allen might be carrying a lot of the load there. But still, even if you're only capable of, quote, having a two-minute match or a three-minute match, 
he can have a bunch of two or three minute matches because he, he does his job, tags in and out, and then, you know, you, you get a chance to recover. So, uh, hopefully they use him smartly. They use things smartly. And this could be a benefit to them as opposed to taking a lot of old talent and just burying young talent. Cause, you know, that's the fear. But I, I do think Tony Khan is smart enough not to do that. They've done, actually done a good job with some of their other booking decisions as far as, you know, when the, when the organization first started, there were a lot of fans that were thinking, oh, no, you got wrestlers in charge again. This is going to be like WCW all over again, especially with being on TNT, where you had, like, Kevin Nash and Hogan, and you had a lot of the top stars in that company booking themselves, and they don't lose to nobody. That's not been the case with AEW. Basically, the Young Bucks went almost two years before they got the titles. Uh, Kenny Omega went about two years before he got the titles. Other guys have always shown a willingness to put other talent over. Jericho, you know, while he has a good record, has been willing to put other people over. He's lost a few matches in there. Uh, John Max, John Moxley probably has the best record. He's not one of the, you know, the, the, what you call the, uh, elite or however you want to describe the, uh, management slash wrestlers on the, on the roster. So they've done a good job so far of, Booking themselves where they look strong, but at the same time, you don't feel like they're unstoppable. You don't feel like they're unbeatable. You don't feel like they're bearing the rest of the roster. So, uh, good luck, and we'll see how that goes. Uh, we do have some other sad news uh, as far as uh, AEW, though. Uh, do you have a chance to watch AE, AEW Dark, Brian? I did not, unfortunately. Well, at any rate, uh, they have a, ta- a young talent. I believe this might have only been her third match overall. Brooke Havitt, she tore ACL at the taping. Uh, she had a match against Layla Hirsch. By the way, Layla Hirsch is a very another nice young talent that I really enjoy watching. Uh, legit Layla Hirsch has a bright future in front of her. Hopefully she doesn't – I know a lot of people are talking about, like, the AEW Wednesday division is cursed with Anna Jay and, you know, Brooke Havitt being hurt, you know, some of the other injuries they've had in that division. So I hope that's not the case. Uh, but Brooke Havitt, <coughs> it was weird. As I watched her when the AEW match started, AEW Dark match started, the first thing I saw was, wow, she looks nervous as hell. Now, it's hard to know if somebody's truly nervous or if it's just you just catch that wrong camera view of somebody at the wrong moment. But she did the little thing where she pulled her hair over her ear, and she just had a nervous look on her face to me. That's the way I saw it. So I thought, Oh crap, what's going to happen here? She, please, I hope she doesn't blow a lot of spots and stuff like that. But as soon as the bell rang, she was killing it. She did a great job in her match. Oh, I heard the match was actually ended a little bit short due to the fact that she did suffer the injury during the match. But she had a nice high flying style, a nice, you know, she was solid with the work. She hit her spots. Uh, she didn't blow them too bad from what I saw. So, I mean, when I say, I shouldn't say didn't blow too bad. She didn't blow any major spots that I saw as I, as I was watching the match. So she looked very, very talented. She looked very athletic, especially she looked good for somebody in her third match. So I was very, very impressed by her. So, you know, later on when I heard that she was injured, I was like, crap. Like, that's, that's just a true shame. It's the same when anybody gets injured for the most part. But somebody in a third match where it was already showing promise, and, you know, that was her second televised match. I heard she had a. All right, I guess her first match was a match with a nightmare camp somewhere. So and then she had the two dark matches. She lost a previous match to Britt Baker on dark. So uh, you know that's 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 rough for her. Torn ACL. You know that's that's one of the as far as the physical bases. You know that's one of the worst injuries to have as far as you got to come back from it. It is. It has been much easier to come back from it and the Achilles injuries over the last you know few years as opposed to like 10 years ago when it was like it might be a render. Uh, obviously, yeah. the worst injuries would be like, you know, anything to the neck or spine where you might, you know, risk paralysis or death. But, you know, out of, out of that next tier of just stuff that, you know, limits you physically but doesn't, you know, probably won't be deadly, this is one of the roughest, still one of the roughest injuries to have. So we wish her a speed of recovery. Uh, like I mentioned previously on the show, Anna Jay's already out. She's on, she's out for six, 12 months. You figure a torn ACL, she's probably about out for probably in the 8 to 12 months range, although we haven't got any official confirmation for that. So if you get a chance, check out AEW Dark and look up Brooke Havoc. She's very, very talented. She's definitely somebody interesting to check out. And then, like I said, unfortunately, we just got the two matches of tape that you can watch from her. But 
definitely worth checking right. out. Uh, yeah. We're going to move on to something uh, else interesting as far as uh, since we haven't had a lot of time to cover stuff other than WWE last uh, last few months because AEW and WWE have sort of dominated the scene for me as far as what I can watch on TV and as far as uh, what's available to me. So we've been very, very heavy on that. We're going to be very heavy on some other stuff uh, uh, this week. Actually, now that I think about it, I'm looking at the list. I don't think I have a single major WWE story unless you're counting the big show uh, not <laughs> being with WWE anymore. But everything else is other federations and other news. So uh, if you like some of the other programming, this will be a good week for you to check out the rest of this show. Uh, NWA news. Uh, have you heard the news? NWA will be returning to television taping later this month. So uh, excited to hear that. that. This, this, this story just yeah. came earlier today. Uh, the last set of TV tapings they actually taped was January of 2020. So they ended up canceling the Crockett Cup and uh, pay-per-view event. And they ended up, uh, they did some stuff with UWN, but technically those weren't NWA shows, I guess. Those were, and they, they ended up being stopped around uh, late December of last year. So uh, I'm excited that they're back. I don't know what they did, though. They ended up scrubbing their uh, YouTube of all videos, so I don't know why they did that. I thought we were going to get a little bit more news on that, so unless the news is broke since uh, I've seen this article earlier today, I don't know what's going on with that, but if I do happen to find out before uh, this show goes off the air today, and obviously, like I said, we've changed the format a little bit. We used to broadcast like a radio show live all the time. We are recording it. It'll be uploaded a little bit later tonight. We still are recording on Monday nights, though, however, or Monday afternoons, or rather, Monday afternoon, Monday evening, however you look at it. But show will hope show will hopefully be up later tonight. And like I said, if I can find out before the day is up, before the shift's up, I will uh, go ahead and update you on that. Uh, I do got some more sad news. Unfortunately, it seems like every week we got some sad news uh, as far as you know a death or passing a member to the rest of the community. So. Uh, Brian, did you hear about this uh, question mark from NWA, also known as Joe Stephens, also known in regular life? Yeah, Joe yeah, um, yeah. That that was a very um, tragic end, but um, um, as as far as everything I've seen, I didn't get any confirmation on his um, cause of death. But um, I um, I know that um, Billy Corgan had um, had put a release out. Um, that same day, and um, it, I mean, it's pretty heartfelt, actually. Yep, there's been a lot of outpouring of support for him. Uh, he, he's one of the guys that didn't quite make it to what you call the top level of wrestling, but within the wrestling community, he's very, very loved as far as the indie scene, wrestling for NWA, as well as a lot of uh, you know local indies in his area. Uh, they did send out a couple of uh, different. Uh, these are just a small sampling of some of the uh, tributes that have been sent to him. Oh, yeah, I do want to re- uh, say this. I got this from SC Scoops. Most of the information I'm uh, talking about today came from SC Scoops. But we also did get some information regarding uh, Rook Havoc on WrestlingInc.com and uh, uh, a little bit of information for this as far as uh, Joseph and some information regarding him from SlamWrestling.net. So I want to thank all of those outlets for providing the wrestling news. Like I said, I do like to give credit for uh, the different uh, – Websites and you know different different organizations that do provide some of the news that we use on this show. So thanks a lot to them. Uh, I want to you know credit them for their hard work. So anyway, uh, back to uh, some of the uh, some of the uh, tributes that were sent to him. Uh, NWA's Twitter account on the 26th of February sent out rest R.I.P. Joseph Hudson. Uh, also the hashtag rest in peace Josephus hashtag question mark. So they sent it out, uh, as well as uh, William Patrick Corgan, also at Billy on Twitter, you know, Billy Corgan. A uh, real Nick Aldis, you know, sent out a tribute to him. Uh, Coke Cabana stated, this makes me sad. My thoughts are with the family and loved ones of Josephus. He was a sweetheart of a man. And also uh, Dr. Robert Stinson. At, this is Dr. Stinson. A normal one at Ridgeland High School and stuff, but this morning a tribute to Mongrovia. NWA country, well, hashtag NWA country. So, uh, and he actually tagged a bunch of people in there. I'm not going to read off all the people he tagged in that tweet, but, uh, 
Like 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 we mentioned before, you know, it's, it's sad that you get the tribute after you die. You know, you don't get you know you don't always get the credit while you're alive. Unfortunately, I guess it is still nice that you know somebody who while while he was very entertaining when his run his run with Aaron Stevens, he didn't he was he was not necessarily a star, but he was a great sidekick. That's nice that he is able to get a little bit of a little bit of a top billing. Just you know, unfortunately. After his passing, so but he seemed to be very, very well loved and well liked, and you know we're glad that we just give him a few minutes of his due. Unfortunately, it just comes, it comes at a bad time. So. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Uh, let's move on to something a little bit happier. Though. Yeah, it, yeah, it does. Yeah. Yes, we, we, we can. We can. Yeah, let's move on to a little something happier. Uh, this is going to be the most New Japan uh, we've discussed on the show in quite some time, and I'm, I'm actually ready this time for it. Unfortunately, I do, while I do like New Japan, you know, we still don't have access to We Until recently, I'd say we didn't really have access unless you subscribe to the New Japan uh, uh Streaming service, which I do not. Uh, they have recently added some of their stuff to Roku channel, and they are looking at signing TV deals. So if they do sign another TV deal, I will be sure to update all the Wrestling with Problems fans. Uh, but like I said, they did recently get added to Roku channel. Unfortunately, I did check last night. Uh, they do have some good Wrestle Kingdom content up, but most of the uh, most of the New Japan Strong stuff only goes back until. I believe it's around February 1st or so. <clears throat> so the most recent episodes of that are not up yet, so I haven't been able to get caught completely up. But anyway, I will tell you what's going on as far as their news. Uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling has decided to unify the IWGP Heavyweight Championship and IWGP Intercontinental Championships. They were both held by uh, Cody Ibushi, so they have unified them into a new title. Uh, the president, Naoki, uh, Suga Bayashi confirmed the news to Tokyo Sports. He revealed the two belts will be unified to create the new IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. So uh, here's a quote from him. As a result of discussions on the company side, we decide to respect the will of the current champion unify the two thrones, IWGP Heavyweight and, and IC History Inherited. IWGP World Heavyweight Championship will be the newly established and the belt will be renewed. Weird thing, weird thing about this, I did not realize that the IWGP Heavyweight Championship was not considered a World Heavyweight Championship. I just assumed that it was, even though, you know, depending on who you are, you might it might not be recognized as a world title. But I guess they didn't even name it World Title. I just kind of assumed that it was a world title. So were, were you aware that it was not, quote, a world, you know, announced as a world title until you heard this? Uh... I, I did not because um, I remember when AJ Styles held the title. Um, the English translation was um, that that um, he uh, okay that he's the IWGP uh, World Heavyweight Champ. Ooh, interesting. See, see, see that's that's and a, sort I, of special insight you get from Brian because I was not aware of that. <laughs> So good looking right. out. Thanks um, for the information. Well, I, yeah, um, but I, I I think some things may get lost in translation a, a, a little bit. But um, 
Oh, um, oh, okay. Um, since we're going on New Japan and everything, okay. Um, I don't know if you, I don't know if you um read the article, um, from um Dave Mincer, and he had a list of top ten overweight rated wrestlers, and one of the most overrated wrestlers on his list was um New Japan's own Evil. So, what do you think of um him? Um, overrated. Not overrated. Where would you put him at? I legitimately couldn't say overrated or underrated for him. I'm not a huge fan of him, but I don't pay that much attention to him <laughs> at the same time. So I wouldn't necessarily call him overrated or underrated. I would I would call him I would call him somebody I'm, I'm not a huge fan of. I don't hate him. He's just a guy to me. So basically, to me, okay. he's just like a mid card guy. So I guess. I guess he's considered a pretty big star, though, so I guess I would probably, if I have to really, you know, gun to my head, because I'd probably say overrated, because he's a, he's, he's a big name there, but he's more of a mid-card guy to me than, you know, a star, you know. Okada's a star, you know. Kota Bushi's a star, you know. Uh, yeah. I'd rather, I'd rather watch, uh, you know, a, a ton of guys that they have over there than watch him. <laughs> so yeah, I guess I, 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 I give you that. Um, um, Sonata, what we want? Yeah, like like I said, so definitely, I would definitely, like I said, if given the choice, I'd probably have to call him overrated as opposed to overrated, underrated, or just rated. You know? Okay, uh, okay, so so well, let's um go with this. Okay, so okay, five guys that actually that that you actually um like in New Japan. Obviously, you got to include Kotobushi. Yeah. Now, like, with five guys, I'm probably going to leave some guys out. But I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm going to try to do this real quick and come out with the guys that I really like, though. Like, Kotobushi, definitely. Okada, definitely. Have to go with Jeff Cobb. So, yeah, Kotobushi, Jeff Cobb. Uh, Okada, that's three guys. Got two spots left. So my last two spots, who am I going to choose? I guess I'm guessing I'm going to go uh and throw some foreigners in. You know, when I say foreigners, relative to Japan, I'm going to put in Zack Zaber Jr. and Will Ospreay. So that that'll be my five. Uh, if I wanted to include tag teams, I might go a little bit of a different direction. But if I'm just going singles wrestling, that's probably my five right there. Okay, man. Okay, man. The slight is um slightly different, but um okay. Of course, my my personal favorite um the Rainmaker. I I swear he has one of the meanest Larians I've seen in years. He um he is ranked right up there to me with Bradshaw, and to me, ain't too many people who who got that Larian like Bradshaw. They say especially yeah, now um, about it. The, the people with the lariats, it's always, it's almost always Americans, and it's almost always from Texas. <laughs> it's usually like you yeah, know, it, you, you, the short list is like Bradshaw, uh, Blackjack Mulligan, uh, Stan Hansen. <laughs> if, I, if I gotta go best all time as far as the lariats, I'm probably going Stan Hansen. <laughs> uh, shoot, I, I, I like I like Hansen, but um. Um, I don't, I don't know. It, it's some. It's some about Bradshaw, but but then um, I remember old school uh, Nikita Koloff. Um, but w- would it be considered a, as a lyric, or is that more of a close? He didn't really fly. He, the the mix, like I said, I don't know if this is, this is canon or not. But normally, when I go to do between clothesline and lariat, Lariat, you jump up and you sort of fly with it. So I consider, I consider, you know, uh, Hanson and, you know, Brash, uh, Lariat. I mean, yeah, Lariat's because they jump oh, up and fly with it. I don't know, is, uh, is, is Okada's really more of a flying one or is it more of a closed one? Because does he really elevate when he does it? Uh, I got to think about that. No, um, Matter of fact, um, his, his is more of like a, if I remember correctly, it's more of a short, short on, line. Sort of, sort of um, like Jake um, Roberts. Um, 
So it's sort of like Jake Roberts set up for his uh, DDT. I I get shoot. I gotta say he is. I guess it is more of a, 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 a um, zip of a zip cord short arm clothesline. If if, um, if I can describe it as such, it would be a zip cord short arm clothesline. So I guess Larian. I guess that'd be Big Wing. Oh yeah, another another great choice. And of I, course, I, um, of course uh, you know where he's from, right? <laughs> of course. That, that, that's why I say I, 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 hate, I hate to say him. No, I mean, like, I hate to say Big Freaky Oh, yeah. We're leaving somebody but... out, though. We're leaving somebody out from the modern era. And like I said, that would be disrespectful. But he he had his own sort of spin to it, unlike everybody else we mentioned tonight. Somebody, somebody from AEW. Oh, yeah. Um. I I um I almost forget you um that's the hang hangman page. Now I do like his buckshot layering, you know. I I actually do like that. Yeah, so his uh his is like I said his is unique because he does a little flip over the rope for it. That's, so that's something new, but he does still fly. So using our criteria of having to fly for it to be a true lariat, uh that that covers it, you know. Yeah, but uh, as far okay, um, let me get back to my New Japan wrestlers. Okay, um, I, I I love Naito. Naito to me is um a, a showman, and he okay, and although he didn't form um L, um Lij, he's pretty much the face of Lij. Too. Um, can we agree with that one though? Yeah, yeah, I, I would have to agree with that. Oh, um, oh, okay. Uh, let, let me see. Zack Saber Jr. Um, he, okay, he's what um I would consider a a pure wrestler's wrestler. If you like pure wrestling, you gotta like him. Be careful going to get sued by Ring of Honor by calling it pure wrestling. <laughs> right, but um. If you like fundamental wrestling, can, um, okay, we go with fundamental and technically sound wrestling. Now, um, my oh, okay, my two wild cards would um, okay would be um, um, Shingo. Shoot, um, although he's um, a, a cruiserweight, dude is a hell of a wrestler, and I will probably have to go with uh, my. Last one, uh, boy, let me think on that. Because it's pretty much, um, it, 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 it got, it got, it got to be, um, um, I mean, um, and you just named them, um, the, the IC champ. I can't, man, I'm having the brain freeze right now. What if Bushi, what if Bushi's in? Yeah. Um, well, he was until he, he's actually technically the unified champion now. Right. So. I don't believe I had brain freeze like that though. But he, um, he, he is, um, one of my last guys because I actually liked him when, when he was part of the, um, of the Golden Lovers. So, what, um, what put me on the map with him was, uh, when he, um, and King Omega was part of the Golden Lovers and they wrestled against the Young Bucks. That was a classic match. If you, if you ever get a chance, on YouTube and look that match up. It's about forty minutes of action nonstop. And if and if you don't know why, um, the okay, uh, why um those three guys are the elite? Watch that match. Yep. Or at one point they were actually the gold elite. What if you put off four of them? So. <laughs> I'm I'm surprised he he actually okay that um he actually did, didn't go to um AEW. I'm not. I think for the most part, for a lot of people, and it varies. You know, it varies. But I think most people want to be a star in the country they were born in or the country they want to live in. Because you know, like like I said, I think most Americans, given a choice, they want to be a star in the WWE or AEW. I think most Japanese guys would want to be the star. You know, long term. I'm not saying they want. They might not take a job here or there. They might not want to. They might want to travel for a while. They just want to try something different for a while. But I think when it all comes down to it, most most talent would be most comfortable wanting to be a star in the country they grew up in because that's where they 
sort of fell in love with wrestling, if they, assuming that they do love it, it's not purely just a job for them. Most people fell in love with wrestling from their own country, so a lot of times that's where they want to be the start if, if the option's there for them. Like, a lot of Americans go to Japan not because it was their dream to go to Japan, it's just because the job was there, and, you know, they were going to make more money there than they would anywhere else. But given the choice, if they could have been a star in America, they would have done it. And then, you know, just like, you know, Ultimo Dragon sort of, you know, he was a guy that he wasn't really given an opportunity initially in Japan, so he went to Mexico and some other places, you know, to sort of, you know, do his craft other places. But I think most people, given a choice, would rather be a star in their home country, their home area, you know, as opposed to having to go thousands of miles away, you know, and immerse immerse themselves in a culture they're not completely familiar with. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with going to try another culture. I'm not saying that one culture is better than the next. I'm just saying I think that's the way most people operate. They would rather do it. No, no, no. You're right because, um, oh, okay, I'll use Kenny Omega as a good example. Kenny Omega was, um, oh, okay, was pretty much one of the hottest wrestlers in, in New Japan about um, three years ago. Okay, can we agree with that? Yes. Okay. Now, this man took a gamble and, and said, I'm going to leave the place where I built the brand of Kenny Omega, um, the sweeper, the cleaner. You know what I mean? Um, and, oh, okay. Um, and um, one of the guys that had won, um, um, the, um, okay, the um, G, I mean, the um, G1 tournament, he he went against the Rainmaker um, at Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, um, although he did not win, he had a historic match. But um, later on that year, he he finally took the um, um, the IWGP title um, from um, um, Okada, and that was a classic match. And he decided, hey, I'm going to go with my friends and do AEW here in America. Although he's a Canadian, I get. I guess he figured that America, Canada, well, why, why am I splitting hands? You know what I mean? It's not like I speak French all the time anyway. But culture pretty much just about the same, and it's not too far to go. So, hey, um, this is what I'm going to be at anyway. So, and he didn't get a chance to work with, um, with his friends, so... So, it's not like the man made a, a bad move, or even um, Jericho. As old as Jericho is, and I'm just saying this by wrestling standards, he should have been retired. But how wrestling is today, um, if if you actually got a name, do they really retire? Wrestlers don't retire; they die. <laughs> That's the way it works. Because the about the thing about wrestling is. Obviously, your physical abilities decline, but if you're a good storyteller, if you know what you're doing, you can wrestle like way up, all the way up to age like 70 or 80 even. I mean, with varying quality and varying depending on how good your health is. But I think one of the smart things Chris Jericho did was even when he was, quote, in his, quote, prime, I would, I, I, while he's still very, very good, I wouldn't call him in his prime right now. Character-wise, he's still in his prime, but as far as his physical ability, I wouldn't call him in his prime. He's not, you know, washed up. He's not on his last game, don't get me wrong. But Chris Jericho is past his prime physically at this point. But what he did that was smart and has helped extending his career is he had other hustles and other things to do, and he would take a break every now and again. He might take a year off. There wasn't a lot of guys, you know, prior to him that would, you know, take a year off to do, do like, you know, some reality show or travel with his band or whatever. You, you had some guys doing movies and stuff like that. But he found a lot of different other things to do to preoccupy his time where he can make a living and make some money at. He can use his fame as a wrestler to help, you know, sort of branch off on. And it's actually, his band has actually turned out very, very successful on him too. And if added bonus, now he can use it as his theme music and he gets a royalty every time he's played, most likely. <laughs> Or even if he's not, I don't, I don't know what his deal is with Tony Khan. If he's not getting a royalty, he's definitely getting royalty whenever people go to YouTube and listen to his, you know, his music and whatnot. So he's a guy that found a way to 
again, you know, a lot of times they use the expression getting pimped by the system. He's he's pimping the system. He's not let he's not getting pimped by the system, at least not as bad as a lot of other people. He's found a way to make it work for him and he's done a very, very good job of that. So that's a very, very shrewd move on his side on the way he's managed to sort of pull that off. But anyway, uh, we, we're actually kind of running out of time a little bit. We got off to a little bit of a late start, so I'm going to try to move really, really quick through some more things. We got a couple more uh, New Japan stories I want to talk about and some other stuff I want to talk about real fast, too. So if, if, if I do sort of, you know, rush through these last few things, that's because I got a lot of things I want to say in this last few minutes, and I don't want to run out of time. So. Anyway, uh, New Japan Cup 2021 brackets are out, so they got some very, very nice matchups. Uh, listed for that, so I'm going to go into that really, really quick. Uh, March 4th, we got Satoshi Kojima versus Jeff Cobb, Tetsayu Nato versus Great Okan. March 5th, we got Toro Yano versus Bella Valle. I'm amazed that Toro Yano didn't come for your top five wrestlers, by the way. <laughs> anyway, Hiroki Goto versus Taichi. Uh, March 6th, we got Kazuchika Okada versus Shingo Takagi. Uh, Tomoaki Honma versus Minoru Suzuki and Juice Robinson versus Kenta. March 7th, we got Hiroyoshi Tenzin versus Will Ospreay, Gabriel Kia versus Zack Zabin Jr., March 9th, Yuji Nagata versus Yoda Suji, and then tomorrow, Tomohiro Ishii, Ishii versus Sonata. We got uh, March 10th, we got David Finley versus Chase Owens, we got Yoshihashi versus Yujiro Takahashi, and we got Toa Hinari versus uh, Jay White. So, uh, and of course, there will be a first round buys for Roshi Tanahashi and uh, the aforementioned Evil. So, uh, they get first round buys. So, that is a very, very exciting uh, lineup for just the, the opening part of it. They also got a, uh, a few other matches that they have announced as well. They got a uh, they got a match, IWGP World Heavyweight Championship match. It'll be heavyweight versus junior heavyweight champion versus champion match. We've got Kota Bushi, the champ, versus El Desperado. So a lot of great stuff coming up from New Japan. Really excited to hear about that. So, uh, and like I said, definitely, like I said, if you, if you, if you have the streaming service, stream it and check it out. If you don't have the streaming service, uh, hopefully, uh, the Roku channel will have a, some of the footage from that as well. So very, very excited to see that. Like we did mention earlier that, uh, that there's going to be a uh, champion versus champion, heavyweight versus junior heavyweight champion match. But the previous junior heavyweight champion did actually vacate the title. Uh, a couple days ago, like around four days ago, Hiromu Takahashi has vacated the IWGP junior heavyweight title. Uh, sadly, he is out with a torn pec, so he won't be able to defend the belt. So he has... Uh, Ended up, he has ended up having to vacate the title. Uh, his Los Ingobernables uh, teammate Bushi has taken his place on night two of the Castle Attack show. So, uh, unfortunately, like I said, a torn peck that's nothing to mess with. That messes you up in a lot of ways as far as your strength of the core. So, he's going to have to take a break and rehab from that. So, uh, uh, we wish him a speedy recovery. So, uh, any thoughts on that or are you ready to move on real quick? Uh, we can move on. Just, just hope, uh, hopefully he has a speedy cup. Okay, uh, our penultimate story for the evening. We got Big Cass has made his first wrestling appearance since 2019. And he's actually, he actually looks in very, very good shape. You know, he's always been one of those guys, that, you know, traditionally you don't expect tall guys to look ripped, but he looked very, very, you know, ripped for a tall guy, especially compared to the last time we see him, he's always looked strong, but, you know, he didn't, he didn't really have a lot of, quote, definition. Uh, but he did make a pure appearance for any event organized by Larry Yoto Pro Wrestling. Uh, and, like I said, you know, obviously, you know, people who know, uh, he was big cast in WWE, by the way. He, he goes by uh, Cast XL. That's Cast with a Z, XL, as opposed to Big Cast now. So I do want to, you know, Provide that correction because he's not with WWE anymore. Uh, so he's looking good. He's uh, he's actually commented on as well that uh, this is his road to redemption in, in his words. Uh, so hopefully he it, it, he looks good. So hopefully his mental health is reflecting 
on the way his physical health looks as well. Uh, his comments included on his uh, Twitter account at TheCastXL. After a long journey filled with an enormous amount of self-reflection, I now start my journey towards redemption. Thank you at the big LG, or actually, let me, let me correct that. Thank you at the underscore big LG for the opportunity, and thank you to everyone for continuing to believe in me. Uh, he did have a shirt that stated straight out of a 12-step, uh, straight out of 12-step. Uh, he is actually you know, letting the proceeds to that go to the Heron Project, which is a nonprofit organization that was founded in 2011 and provides free resources and support for the treatment, recovery, and prevention of substance abuse disorder. So uh, looks like he's doing some good, you know, as far as raising somebody from charity. Like I said, he's looking good. He's good physical health and appears to hopefully his mental health is, you know, much, much better now. So if that's the case, you know, I, I will look forward to seeing him hopefully in a, uh, you know, a bigger role if he can handle it. Because a lot of times people's mental health is negatively affected by being in a prominent role on TV. Like we've mentioned Lars Sullivan. And by the way, I'm not saying that that's the case with Big Cass. I'm just saying if that's part of the problem for him, I don't want him to take a bigger stage. But if, if, it, if he's okay and his life is together, I would love to see him back on the big stage. Uh, assuming Enzo could be like also sane as well. And I would love to see them either back together or, you know, separate. You know, I did enjoy watching him, although Enzo has run into some problems with they appear to have cleared up. Again, you don't, you never know with uh, certain accusations that are made against somebody, whether they pay some money off or whether, you know, the person just didn't want to continue to go with it or whatever else. But um, I hope that, I hope that it wasn't the problem that he was accused of. And I hope, because and, and, and if that's the case, if he actually did do that, then I would not want to see him back, just, just so we are clear. So. Anyway, uh, that's uh, that. You got any thoughts on Big Cash returning or? Well, uh, I, um, I actually thought he he was um, pretty good, not great, but I thought he was um, pretty good. You know what I mean? And I thought he had potential to be um, at, at, at least um, up a mid card. Um, um, somewhat like a um, Kevin Owens or maybe a Stargo. Good enough to be everything but the world heavyweight champion. But he, he'll probably be doing, um, he'll put on some good matches. He'll probably contend every so often, but he'll never get here, like, never get it because he he he's missing the it factor. Yep. Yeah, like I said, like I said, I think that's why it was perfect when he was with Enzo. Enzo had the charisma. He had the size. And then when he were a tag team, you know, Enzo was a great wrestler, but he could bump really well. He could, he could bump and he could talk. Kaz could do the sort of power move. So it was a, it was a sort of great relationship for both of them as far as symbiotic for them, you know. They both benefited and they both, you know, sort of filled in some gaps with this and some of the other guys. So. Right. Anyway, I, I, I don't know why they separated the team. Because they saw the potential for Big Cash to be a sort of Kevin Ash type. And then they thought Enzo, you know, sort of took the shine off him a little bit. So I think I think that's what it was. But Enzo had his own thing going, and he they actually made him cruiserweight champion until you know the quote unpleasantness. <laughs> anyway, uh, I, well, we could go with that for for next week, though. Yep. Anyway, our last story of the evening because we're running out of time. Kelly Klein has filed a lawsuit against Ring of Honor and Jay Lethal. Uh, She's their woman of honor champ. She filed a lawsuit against her former employees employee employment discrimination. The defendants are Ring of Honor, company general manager Greg Gilliland, the head booker Delirious Hunter Johnston, COO Joe Koff, and Jay Lethal. According to the documents obtained by Hill by Nature, and also keep getting information from them as well as SC Scoops, by the way, uh, client assumed for breach of implied contract, unpaid royalties, violation of state and federal pay, equal acts, Equal Pay Acts, Abusive Discharge, Discrimination, Harassment, and Unsafe Work Environment. Uh, she alleges that the defendants terminated her contract as of December 1st, 2019 because of her complaints regarding disparate pay for women wrestlers, lack of safety, and medical protocols after the plaintiff suffered a concussion on October 2019 and sexual harassment in the Ring of Honor. So, it's a lot to 
to unpack there. Unfortunately, I thought we were going to have a little bit more time to discuss this, and we maybe can get into it a little bit more next week because we're running out of time tonight. Yeah. But uh, definitely like some troubling allegations here, so we'll get into this a little bit more next week. But anyway, uh, you've been watching Wrestling With Problems. We'll be back next week. Thanks for joining us. Hey, this is Total Package, Lex Luger. You're listening to the VOC Nation. Don't miss out. Check out In the Room every Tuesday night at 9. Listen in. Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks, former WCW star Stro Maestro, Kathy Fitz, Matt Grimm. And you and Ray are there too, right, Ray? We sure are, and we've got great guests like Lex Luger, AJ Styles, Taku, and more. It's a heck of a party. Plus, I didn't get thrown off uh, buildings. And then uh, I didn't get pregnant either. Sometimes I think it gets so ridiculous. We were getting into, like, snuff film territory there. In the room. 9 p.m. Eastern on VOC Nation. Wrestling with History, the voice of choice, and Killer Ken Resnick. When I die, they're going to open me up and find about 2,000 undigested Northwest Airline cheese omelets. Mr. Chris Cruz, what's going on? Jesus, how did I get roped into this? General Adnan went to school with Saddam Hussein. He cried, I cried, he cried, and who could have cried? Adnan lost a lot of family in the Iraqi war. Everybody loves Granny. Wow. Yeah, see, a lot of people don't know that. Yes, Taylor, you guys are busting me up. Catch Wrestling With History with Ken Resnick and I live on VOCNation.com Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern Time or listen to the podcast by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Stadium Journey, the worldwide leader in stadium reviews for the traveling sports fan, is proud to present the Stadium Journey podcast on VOC Nation. Join us as we talk with prominent figures from around the sports world to discuss issues pertaining to sports travel and stadiums around the globe. New episodes air on VOC Nation Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Join Paul Baker, Dave Cartney, Mark Viquez, Dan Calachico, and guests from throughout the sports world on the Stadium Journey podcast on VOC Nation. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week. Talking dream matches. Taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. Rock and Roll Union and North Step Productions in conjunction with Blu Ray Atlantic City proudly present Jersey Shore Jam 2, May 15th. Featuring As We Become Ghosts and Rat Rod. It's been a long, cold winter and now it's time to rock. Also appearing, the Rock and Roll Union house band Shades of Grey playing all of your favorites from the 60s to now. All COVID regulations will be in place. Tickets are available at eventbrite.com and are extremely limited, so get them before they run out. Doors open at 6 and showtime is at 7. Rat Rod, As We Become Ghosts, and Shades of Grey. Jersey Shore Jam 2, May 15th at Blu-ray, 201 South New York Avenue, Atlantic City. Did I mention there's free parking? Don't miss it. Yo, this is Jerry Stags of the Nasty Boys. Yeah, Brian Knobs, yeah, you get ready to get nasty. Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby, because it's about to get nasty all around and up in this mother. Get ready. Nasty Sensation is coming at you. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network.